0: May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.
1: Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifest the love of of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into this world that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us. And sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby we know that he dwelleth in us, in that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us his spirit. We have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. We love Him because He first loved us. Let us pray. Lord, just so thankful for this day. Lord, my heart is stirred. Lord, we set this day to our minds to think of, Lord, the price that You paid for us. and Lord, all that You did, Lord, to bring our salvation. Lord, today we celebrate, Lord, that You rose from the dead. And Lord, we have so much to be thankful for and so much to be excited about, Lord. Today, I pray, Lord, that you would come and take control of these next few moments. Lord, I, I know I'm not adequate to preach, and so, Lord, I just just offer myself as a, as a vessel, Lord, that you would use to speak to your people. Lord, may we go away with a better understanding, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. So, if you will understand what I'm about to say, um, I had a revelation this week. You say, what do you mean by revelation? Well, the Lord opened my eyes and allowed me to see something I could never see before. And I'm going to try to share that with you this morning. And I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but, but sometimes when the Lord shows you something after he shows you that it's like everything else you read looks different because before you didn't understand that now that you understand it, everything looks different and so i'm going to attempt this is way over my head by the way uh, this is uh, this is uh way over my head what i'm going to try and explain to you but i believe the lord did show me something that i maybe everybody else here knows it but i didn't know it so uh, i'm going to try and share it with you this morning <clears throat> but let's think about I'll get you kind of going with me let's think about All over, all over this country, there are multitudes gathered in church today, right? And a lot of people, a lot of people are in church because it is Easter Sunday, right? And those people will talk about uh, that Jesus died for our sins, And those people will talk about Jesus rose from the dead. Okay? Now follow me. Don't get ahead of me. But do all of those people understand that Jesus died for our sins and that Jesus rose from the dead? that's kind of what we want to talk about this morning. And I I, I want to do my best to make that clear. But I I want to say this. You say, that's a really strange text to read uh, for uh, Easter Sunday. Uh, but, But can I assure you, if I can get this across, can I assure you, this entire weekend, from Friday till today, this entire weekend is about love. It's about love. We can't fathom the love that God has for us. Can anybody here fathom giving your son for somebody else? It's like I, I, can't, I can't fathom that. I, I, can't, I can't get my brain about that. But God loves us. Now, this, this passage that we read, we're, we're going to try to dig into it a little bit, but this passage, it says that God is love. That is not a description of God. Uh, That is who he is. That's not a characteristic that he's trying to fulfill. That is who he is. He is love. He is love. I know many of you are doing, and and this just really spoke to me, kind of got me headed down this road. I know many of you are doing the Tozer um, devotionals. But he's been, a lot of the the, the days have been talking about it, really just kind of got my attention. The one day he said, God, this is a word he used, we probably wouldn't use it, God is always cordial. Just means he's always good to us. In every circumstance and everything there is and all that there is, God is always good to us. Here's what I want to challenge you. Not everyone can see that. Not everyone can see that. Okay, and I'm going to try to get you to. I'm going to try to get you to grasp that the God is always good to us. So I think I have this in your notes. Um, as, as we think about Jesus, um, we can say it with our mouth. We can say that God is good. We can say that Jesus rose from the dead. We we can say that I love We can say all kinds of things with our mouth. That's not going to get it done. We can think it in our mind. I I would say that there's a large percentage of Americans today that believe that Jesus died on the cross. Not going to get it done, guys. It's not going to get it done. But when we have it in our heart, things change. Amen? And so I, I, I want to look at this text and, and, and I, I want to make this clear what, what I'm trying to get across this morning. Um, but let's just start with the outline and see if I can unravel this, this uh, thought this morning. I want to think about about fooling ourselves. Now, I don't know what your thought is on this. Maybe you don't agree with me on this. But I believe that there are a lot of people, a lot of people who think they believe in Jesus, but they don't believe in Jesus. And that is kind of really eye-opening when you really think about it. You can say, I love Jesus. And if you're in certain circles, it's popular to say, I love Jesus. Down where I work, there's a lot of people down there and they talk about they love Jesus. It's not enough, people. It's not enough. We say around here all the time, God is good. Amen? We say that a lot around here. And a lot of people will tell you God is good. That is a popular thing to say. And you can say that if you're a politician. You can say that if you're out on the, in the public. It, it is a popular thing to say that God is good. This is what I want you guys to see. I don't know that I can get to This Here's what I want you to see. Some people can see that God is good, and some people can't see that God is good. And just because you say it with your lips doesn't mean you understand it in your heart. It's different. It's different. The title of the message, I I titled it, Who Can See? (laughs) Who Can See? If I were to ask this morning, how, and I'm not doing this, but if I was to ask this morning, how many of you here can see Jesus? My guess is every last hand would go up. I, I would say that if I said, how many of you love Jesus? Every hand would go up. But I want to challenge you. Do all of you see Jesus? Say, Pastor, of course I do. No, I'm going to challenge you, you don't. Not everybody sees Jesus. <laughs> And that has been very eye opening to me that not everyone can see Jesus. Say, Pastor, you're not making sense. Well, hang tight. What about this? I'm a Christian. I don't know if I even want to say that's a good thing to say. I was with, with Brother Miguel last week, and, and by the way, wasn't, uh, wasn't the Easter experience awesome? That, that was just, I'm I so proud of my church family, so thankful for what it did, and we didn't actually know if anybody would come, but there was a lot of people come. It was amazing. And so Brother Miguel stood there, and, and I don't know if any, how many of you came to his table ever, but very bluntly and very plainly, he said, if you do this, you will go to hell. I meant, he said, at the public, out in the public. And he said, the only way you will get to heaven is with Jesus Christ. This is Georgia. I stood there beside of him, and witnessed it with my own eyes. There were times we would be talking to sometimes two and three families at the same time, multiple adults. Here's the amazing thing. At the end of his presentation, he would look them straight in the eye and he would say, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? You know what? Every single person in Castaway has been saved every one of them I mean every every the, the last gentleman that came through there he was a little different but besides him every single I believe if I'm not mistaken every single people that we talked to probably hundreds that Miguel told him you will go to hell if you do this but if you accept Jesus you'll go to heaven they all said yep we've accepted Jesus so do you guys think everybody in Castell is saved <laughs> okay we got something. We got to deal with because saying I am a Christian will not get you to heaven. Saying I love Jesus will not get you to heaven. Saying God is good will not get you to heaven. You have to have it in your heart. Now, this is not a misprint. I hope Josh didn't think it was a misprint. Take it out. But this is not a misprint. We believe that we believe. Now that is eye-opening to me. Now, I'm not God and I, I'm not to judge, but here's what I here's what I kind of believe. I believe a lot of those people in Castella last week, they believe that they believe. But they don't believe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they think that they believe in Jesus, but they don't believe in Jesus. And I'm gonna try and prove to you that that point this morning. <clears throat> So I believe that we often fool ourselves. Number two, this is my revelation, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll unpack it a little bit better here in a second, but seeing is a gift. I believe that God allows you to see. Now, I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about spiritually. Spiritually. Now if you guys will accept that not everyone can see Jesus, what makes you different? In other words, are you just smarter than everybody else? Are you just more uh, um, brilliant than everybody else? Why is it you can see Jesus, but not everybody can see Jesus? Am, Am I making any sense at all? Not everybody can see Jesus. So if that is the case, then we have to ask the question, why can some people see and some people can't see? Can I give you my conclusion? It's a gift. If God allows you to see him, you can see him. If he doesn't allow you to see him, you won't be able to. So, Here's where my revelation come in, in this morning. If you will turn turn with me, or probably be on the screen. Matthew chapter 13. Um, I would challenge anybody who wants a good Bible study. I would I would love to talk to you about this later. Uh, I, I would challenge you to uh, to study the entire chapter uh, 13 of Matthew. Um, I've read this chapter many, many times and I have wondered about this chapter many, many times and I read this chapter Friday morning and it was like the Lord just the light bulb just came on for the very first time I understood this entire chapter what it is about. And I'm going to tell you what this entire chapter is about and you can go back and, and, and try and figure that out on your own. So Jesus is telling some parables and they ask him, why are you telling them parables? and here's what jesus said Now, pay very close attention this is where my revelation came in i have just didn't see this before verse number 11 he answered and said unto them because it is given look it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven how'd you get it it was given to you but to them it is not given to see the mysteries of heaven. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Important verse. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand? And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes are, have, they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their hearts, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Can we just stop right here for a minute? That last verse was, let me just say this to Santa. There may be some people here this morning who do not see. There may be some of you sitting here who do not see. Everybody says they believe you, but there may be some who don't. But can I just tell you, I believe there are some people at the Sand Hill Church who can see Jesus. Hey, can I tell you, if you can see him, you ought to shout hallelujah that you're one of the ones who can see him. Amen. Because it's a gift. It's a gift. If you're sitting here this morning and you say, I can see him. I I can see him. I I know the Lord. Well, you ought to fall down and say, thank you, Lord. I'm one of the ones that can see him. Because there's a whole bunch of people. That can't. Here's a question for you, a biblical question. Uh, sixth chapter of John, I do believe. Multitude is following Jesus. I mean, these people, a multitude. According to the biblical standard, probably thousands and thousands and thousands of people were following Jesus, following him everywhere he go. They're listening to his teaching. They're saying, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I'm a believer in Jesus. I'm, I'm with Jesus. And Jesus started talking to them about eating his flesh and drinking his wine. And you know what the Bible says? They went home. <laughs> they went home. <laughs> they left. They left the building. So here's my question. Two questions. That whole multitude, were they faking it the whole time or did they think they could see Jesus? how want you think about that. Thousands of people followed him and said, I'm a follower. And when it got tough, they quit. I will present that I believe those people thought they were really following Jesus, but they weren't following Jesus. Am I making any sense at all? They weren't following Jesus. They just thought they were. Now, guys, if you get this, this is really life-changing because it, it really changes everything that we do because there are a lot of people who today, our friends, our family, our neighbors, people that were all around, people who come to church, there are a lot of people who say, I love Jesus, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm a Christian. But they're not. But they're not. Okay? And I'm going to get to you why they're not here just in a second. So, I don't have time to, 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 to go into all of the text there in, in Matthew, but I believe that the whole context of this entire chapter of, of Matthew is speaking about um, those that can see and those that can't see. Okay? So, back to, back to John... If you'd allow me just to, just to look at a few of these verses now with new eyes, okay, uh, after I had this revelation, begin to read this. And a lot of things really look a lot different after I had this, this new thought that the Lord had blessed me with. Let's look at verse number 7, because I've, I'll be honest, I've read this book, this uh, 1 John, I've read this chapter many, many times, I've thought, not sure I quite grasp it, Lord, but as the Lord allowed me to see this I thought, well, this just makes sense. It says here, now follow me, verse number 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Now this might offend you, this might make you mad, you might disagree with me, but do you know what this scripture says? Let me, let me, let me put it in, in terms you get it. If you can't see Jesus, you don't love. If you can't see Jesus, you don't love. But doesn't the lost person love their family? Doesn't a lost person love their spouse? Doesn't the lost person love their neighbor? They think they do. But I want to ask you, do they love like this right here is talking about? They can't. They don't have the ability to love their neighbor, love their spouse, love their kids without God. And that's what this is saying. You can say, oh, I love, I love, I love. But the Bible says you don't love. Is anybody getting this? Verse 8, he that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. Simply kind of just turning it around. If you don't have real love, if you don't have Christian love, you don't know God because God is love. <clears throat> Verse 10 herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. I'm going to get to this in a minute, but the concept here that I'm trying to get across to you is if you can see him and if you understand his love, you will love him. I need to say that again. (laughs) I need to do like Josh did and get you guys awake this morning. Listen, wake up. This is important. If you can see him, you will love him. Can I say this biblically? If you can see him, you can't help but love him. It's not like you even have to try or have a choice. If you can see him, you will love him. But not everybody can see him. Again, this whole, the whole world, you know, a lot of companies, won't say a lot of companies, a few companies are still counting this as a holiday weekend. The stores, you know, they're all celebrating. The world is celebrating Easter. And some of them are even talking about Jesus. But how many of them can see Jesus? Because when you see Jesus, it changes everything. Verse number 12, no man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. That says right there that it is God's love, not your love, that is being uh, uh, perfected, completed, matured. It's not your love, and that's the whole point. I can love my wife. I can love my kids with a carnal love. I cannot love them with a godly love unless I can see Jesus. When I can see Jesus, my love changes for my wife, for my kids, for my neighbor, for the for the person out on the street, for the person who's causing trouble. My love changes when I see Jesus. Because God is love. And I can't have real love if I don't have God. We have to understand that. This verse is kind of important, verse 13. Hereby know we that he dwelleth in that we dwell in Him, and He in us, because He hath given us His Spirit. I know we've been learning a lot about this in Sunday school and in church, but if the Spirit of God comes and takes over, th- this, is, this is pretty easy to understand. If the Spirit of God comes and takes over and, and not only dwells you, but takes over your body, what are you going to be doing? loving. You can't help it. Cuz God's love and he's now inside of you and he's controlling you. You get are you getting this? Love, love is not something you can do. Love is something he is inside of you making you have. And if you can't see him and you don't have him, you can't love like this is talking about. I think Renee started out with that first song, you know, what what kind of man would do this? What kind of a man after they have beat him and, and, and put the crown of thorns on his head and pulled out his beard and spit in his face and mocked him and made fun of him and he's, and he's in, in some extreme uh, uh, misery and they lay him down and as they're nailing him to the cross, how many people would say, forgive them, they'll understand what they're doing. Can I tell you, that's a love that you can't work up in yourself. That's a love you can't manufacture. The Bible says love your enemy. That's not something you can just do. But if God is inside of you and takes over, you can love your enemy. You can love the person that's done you wrong. You can can have a supernatural love for your spouse and for your family. And I just want to argue this morning, not everybody has that. Not everybody has that. So in, back in Matthew 13, we're not going back to stay with me, we're not going back to Matthew 13, but back in, I believe that the concept is rejecting, uh, rejecting cuts off sight. I believe Jesus was saying, it wasn't a matter of, uh, this isn't a Calvinist uh, of doctrine, I don't believe, I believe this is, those people were rejecting the truth, so Jesus said, when I give them more truth, they're not going to be able to see it. Because they wouldn't accept the truth they had, they're not going to get to see the truth that I'm going to give them. I'm going to hide it from them. But then he, said, but I believe accepting gives more sight. So if you reject what you see, you'll, your vision will go down. He said, "To him who hath, more will be given; more will be given. Him that hath not, will take it will taken away." What is that talking about? If you don't have sight, you're going to get less sight. If you're open to what you see, you're going to get more sight. I don't know if that's making sense to you guys, but I believe it is a biblical concept, a biblical principle that if we reject truth, we don't see. The Spirit gives supernatural sight. It is God inside of us allowing us to see. So the world sees God, but you and I really see God. And I hope that's making some sense to you guys, the difference between the two. So let's, let's, look at, uh, let's look at the clear distinction, number three, the clear distinction. I've already said this. I want to drive it home. I want you to understand this. I want you to grasp this. If you can see him, you will love him. If you can see him, you will love him. Here, here's, here's, here's what I want you to get your mind around. You can say God is good when you're healthy, got a paycheck, your family's doing good. You can say God, and anyone can say that. But if you can see Jesus and you just got a bad diagnosis and you just lost your job and your family just left you, if you can see Jesus, you can still say He's good. Are you seeing the difference? Listen, a lost sinner can say God is good, but a Christian knows God is good. We can come out here and we can say God is good, and you guys can say all the time, and we can go through all this thing, but can I just say, you, you can say that with your lips, but some of us know that is true. Some of us know he's always good. He's good all the time. He's good to me on my bad days. He's good to me on my good days. He is always good, and I can see it. Happen to even know that sometimes the bad things that happen to me is him being good to me because he's doing something in my life. But if you can't see him... See, here's, here's what I wrote down in my notes. I don't think I put it in your notes. Here's what I wrote down. If you can't see him, if you can't see, I don't know if I'm making any sense at all night, this morning. If you can't see him, you can say God is good when life is good. But if you can see him, you can say God is good when everything falls apart. And that's a big difference. That's a big difference. Right, Brother Kevin? That's a big difference. God's just good. That's not, that's not a cliche. That's not something we say. That's a, I believe God is good. I believe God's good all the time. When I'm having a horrible day, I believe God is good. He's always good. I can see Jesus, and it's a gift from God. Yes. It isn't something I've been taught. It isn't something that, that I've learned. I can see Jesus, and I have no choice but to say, He is good. Can I say this? You guys did a pretty good job this morning. But can I say this? If you can see Jesus, you can't help but worship him. Now, we all have our own way of doing that. But can I just say this? If you can see him, you're going to worship him. You got no choice. (laughs) When you see Jesus, you're going to worship him. You say, well, I'm not in the mood. Well, maybe you can't see Jesus. Because if you could see him, you'd be in the mood. Amen? Amen? Anybody here ever had a anybody here ever had a really 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 bad day and then had Jesus show up and you kind of forgot about the bad day I mean when Jesus comes in and, comes in the <laughs> bad day doesn't really matter anymore right if you can see him it changes everything and as nicely as I can, I hope this doesn't apply to anybody here, but as nice as I can, if you can't see him, you're just faking it. You're just faking it. You can say I love Jesus, you can say I'm a Christian, you can say all these things, but you're just faking it. Because you can't, you can't manufacture what I'm talking about. Because I am talking about a real, genuine seeing Jesus, and that changes your life. Amen? So There's a clear distinction between uh, 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 those who say they see Jesus and those who don't. Your your love will be genuine, it will be sincere, it will be life-controlling, it will be consistent. It will be genuine. You will genuinely, sincerely love the Lord. You know, you can say a lot of things with your mouth, and sometimes you can even fool yourself, but genuinely in your heart, you will love Jesus. I know this isn't a pleasant thought. I know it's Easter and We're supposed to be all happy, happy. But I know this isn't a pleasant thought. But have you ever thought about Because I've thought about it quite a bit, actually. Have you ever thought about the government taking away our freedoms and them saying to you, if you will deny Jesus, we will let you go free? Have you ever had the thought? I can't do that. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a brave man. I just can't conceive denying my Lord because I can see him. Am I making any sense? I can see him. If they say we're going to take your head off, they say we're going to punish you, we're going to put you in solitary whatever the consequence may be, I cannot conceive saying, I don't know who that is. I'm not with him because I can see him. And it changes everything when we see Jesus. I've got life controlling and I've got consistent and I, I know I've already covered this, and I, I'm not going to belabor it, but is it possible, and I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but is it possible, do you know there are some people who are very, very consistent? There are people in this church who are just straight arrow consistent. They, we used to use the saying in the old days, uh, the gun barrel straight. They're, they're just always, They're just always right. They love Jesus, they live right, and they do right. There are other people, one day they're good, one day they're bad. One day they love Jesus, one day they don't. One day God's great, one day God's bad. There's a problem. There's a problem. Jesus is good every day. If you can see him, you believe that. Amen? So there's just a difference between saying you love Jesus and really, really loving Jesus. There's a difference between uh, um, what you think you think and what, what you actually think. Sister Tina, she's gonna be famous for this. If you really see Jesus, you get to do what he wants you to do. I think that's what we see going on at Sand Hill. I think that's what we have going on here. I, we don't have a bunch of people who are being manipulated into doing things, a bunch of people who are, are trying to keep rules. We don't we don't have what we have is a bunch of people who say, I get to serve Jesus. I get to get up early in the morning when it's cold and go out and walk up a high hill and and worship Jesus. I get to go and and work all day Saturday uh, for Jesus. I get to do it for Him. How many of you know there's a lot of churches that say, I have to do this. I have to go to church. Pastor's having church at 7 o'clock in the morning. I guess I better be there. Listen, no, I hope nobody came to that service this morning because you had to. I hope everybody said, I get to. I get to go. To church. Alarm goes off at five o'clock and say, Hallelujah. I get to go worship my Lord. Amen. There's a difference, people. You're mad as you can be because you got to get up early, or you just can't wait to get there because you're worshiping your Lord. I don't know if this is making sense to anybody, but it is it is really life changing. I hope this has been. I hope this has got you guys you guys across. But how many of you remember? Uh, They used to talk about this a lot when I was a kid. They used to talk about, um, you know, the pastors used to draw a big circle and then they put a little tiny dot in the middle of it and they'd say, this is the center of God's will. And then there were a lot of people who would say, well, how close can I get to the edge, which is sin, and still be a Christian? You know, I've had a lot of people ask me that. Now pastor, if I do this, you think I'll still get to go to heaven? Now pastor, if I do this, you think I'll still be a Christian? Now, pastor, if I, you know what they're saying? I want to break as much rules as I can and still make it in. Can I tell you, when you see Jesus, that's not the way you look at it. If you see Jesus, you'll say, I want to get as close to that dot as I can and be in the center of his will. Why? Because I can see him. Because I can see him. I'm not trying to get as close to sin as I can. I'm not trying to get as much worldly as I can. I'm trying to get as close to Jesus as I can. Because the rest of that doesn't really matter. How many of you know if you can see Jesus, this world kind of just fades away? It's just not really that important. We're going to be gone soon. We're going to be gone soon. How How much will everything you have today matter to you when you're gone? Not even a little bit, right? It won't matter. The things we get so uptight about, how much will it matter when we're gone? Won't matter at all. You know there's one thing that will matter when you're gone? Jesus. Amen. It's all that'll matter. Amen. If you got him, <laughs> that's it. That's it. If you don't have him, okay. so so I'm done, but I, I want to ask this question as sincerely and genuinely as I can. Maybe, you know, I believe if you're lost, I believe you can't see Jesus. And I believe you could fix that this morning. I believe you could come and accept Jesus and and you you could see Jesus. Maybe for the very first time. I also believe that you can be a Christian and let enough things get in your way, you no longer see Jesus. I think we call that backsliding. You get cold, the world comes in between you and the Lord. And you just don't see him anymore. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm sure every one of us has been there. But is there anybody here that since you've been saved, since the day you got saved, has ever come to church and thought, I'm just not in the mood to worship? Pretty sure you'd be lying if you said you haven't been. We've all done that, right? You know why that is? You couldn't see Jesus. Because when you see Jesus, you're in the mood to worship. Maybe you feel bad, and your feel bad is keeping you from seeing Jesus. You need to clear away your feel bad so you can worship Jesus. Am I making sense this morning? So we have some maybe here this morning who can't see Jesus because they do not have him as their personal Savior. We have some others here who maybe you are a Christian, but you've allowed some things to cloud out division, and you are not seeing him clearly. Because can I tell you, if you can see him clearly, you will love him. You will see that he is good. You won't be able to help but serve him because he is everything to you. All of the commands of the Bible, this is what I want you to get, and I'm trying to quit, but all of the commands of the Bible are not grievous. They are a joy because that's what you want to do if you can see him.
0: We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons Live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.